Context South Beach Command. What's happening? Context South Beach Command. The lay that order. Context South Beach Command. This is the captain. Context South Beach Command. Get out of my chair. Chair, 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 chair. We have engaged the Klingons. 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 Welcome to The Greatest Discovery, a Star Trek podcast about Star Trek Discovery and other things also from the makers of The Greatest Generation. I'm Ben Harrison. I'm Adam Pranica. And we have a guest today, Adam. Our guest is uh, comic artist J.K. Woodward, who did the uh, the Mirror Broken TNG arc. You're working on more of these Mirror comics, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, well, actually, um, the sequel already came out through the Mirror. Yeah. And that was a, a weekly thing that came out. Um, I was just doing the backup story, and then we had five different artists doing the other stories, because can't really do a whole comic every week. <laughs> yeah. That would be a lot. Not and drink as much as I do. Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, the, these are these are balances to be maintained. Yeah. And then there's one out that's uh that's out right now called uh Through the Mirror, and that's where we have an infiltrator from the Mirror Universe in the regular TNG universe. Oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's Terra Incognita is Through the Mirror, right? Yeah, yeah. It was fun to hang out with you at the uh Star Trek convention in Las was Vegas it? because it was. It was. Uh, one of the funnest things was that you were seeing people cosplaying as characters that you kind of designed. Like, Yeah, that's never happened before. <laughs> Usually the characters I draw are characters that have already been designed. So you see them cosplay and you're like, yeah, big deal. Yeah. Did you get to sign people? <laughs> I hadn't thought of it. But. Sign my loaf. <laughs> it must be weird, right? Because like, they probably don't generally know what you look like until you get up on a panel so you're you have like at, at least early on in the con I, like i can walk among you can, them yeah <laughs> you can you can you can see people cosplaying as something you thought of and a lot of times getting it wrong but i try not to criticize <laughs> oh that has to hurt so bad oh it's it, well you know I, I i specifically design these characters to look a, a specific way for a specific reason and then these people think they can just come in and just redesign <laughs> it on me and what you're saying is these people aren't jacked enough to be yeah, uh, Mirror Universe well, you know, people. Yeah, they didn't put in the work. They didn't put in the work that it requires. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to cosplay as a Mirror Universe jail pipes, you got to hit the gym for a good 18 months. Take some steroids. Do what yeah, it takes. Uh, you, know? you don't have the lats for jail pipes. Most people don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we saw a deflated uh, Khan Noonien sing uh, walking around at, at oh, the con. Not know? even a fake chest. I mean, no, he was just a, he was just an older gentleman with beautiful hair, but he yeah. didn't have the physique for it. Oh, I saw that guy. I know yeah. who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Khan, if he survived the Genesis blast <laughs> <laughs> and just lived to a ripe old age on the Genesis planet, I think that'd be great. From Hell's Pilates gym, I stab at thee. <laughs> He's toned, but not buff. You yeah. Um, <laughs> you've probably spent more time thinking about the mirror universe than Adam or I, and it's got its own look and feel that is similar but distinct from mainline TNG. Like, how do you think about like the like designing that universe? Oh, it's pirates. <laughs> it's 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 Starfleet uniforms as pirates. I mean, that's <laughs> that's all it's ever been, really. Um, I I wanted to go a more um, sort of fascist thing, but with it, I wanted to go. Um, I, I was originally going to give them the like high leather boots, the whole Nazi look. Yeah. Um, because there was always this sort of uh, Terrans for Terran kind of fascism to it but we decided to have more fun and go pirate i mean you can go one of two ways i mean pirates obvious, are more fun <laughs> pirates are way more fun than nazis <laughs> but um well i don't know i don't think you want to meet either of them but right. uh, <laughs> 
But I mean, uh, I'm glad we went the way we went with it because it turned out that Discovery went the fascist route and they were doing almost the exact story I wanted to do originally. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, it, that would have been, I would have had to accuse them of ripping me off. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's interesting, like the because we've also been reading the Succession comics, which are all set, yeah, set, sort of in the mirror universe, and um, yeah, that's really true. Like the the imagery that they picked for the costumes and stuff for the show are all, you know, oh, it's, it's almost Frank Herbert in yeah. their approach to like what the what the uh, Empire looks like, which was a lot of fun to see. Yeah, sure. We yeah, we went the other way. Yeah, the Padishah <laughs> Emperor Giorgio. Yeah. <laughs> JK, when you say when you say we, could you give us a little bit of a picture of how the comic books work as projects? I think Ben and I talk a lot about how film projects work as projects and like the relationships between the people, but I know very little about how these stories get made, who gets to decide on what those stories are, and like how right. much latitude you personally have with your own creative choices. Well, it all starts with um, with an eight ball of Coke at the CBS <laughs> studios. <laughs> uh, they have the best Coke. We euphemistically refer to that as a writer's meeting, but... Uh, Disney, <laughs> Disney uh, no, no good Coke at Disney, right? No, no, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Their franchises uh, suffer it, from it. Yeah, it, clearly. No, it, it, uh, it... Well, in this case, it started from um, a, a style guide. CBS was doing a Mirror Universe style guide, mm-hmm. uh, and there was, there was no TNG... So I started designing characters, and as I was doing it, I started getting into it, and I started thinking about, you know, who these characters were, and the more I thought about it, the more I said, eh, there might be a story here. So um, we brought it over to the um, Scott and Dave Tipton, who I worked with on um, Harlan Ellison's City on the Edge of Forever uh, recently, and mm-hmm. uh, the Star Trek Doctor Who crossover, and said, what do you think? Can we do something with this? And I had already designed the look of the characters, and uh, immediately uh, we went right to uh, the editors, and boom. Wow! Off it went. Then, then you know, I had you know meetings with them, coming up with like plot ideas and where we're going to go with it. And uh, how do you get into a situation where you're being tapped to design the the characters for a style guide? I mean, like the network has to be like it all starts with an eight ball of coke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had been. I, I guess that happened slowly over the years. I've been doing the Star Trek comics. It started doing covers and then single issues, and I you know kept working uh, in that regard and then got to know CBS because they're there for the, the approvals. Yeah. I think Risa at CBS really liked my work and I think that's probably where, where it came from there. Also, I do kind of this hyper-realistic stuff, not quite as comic books, so that lends itself more to like product lines and stuff. Yeah, your look is so unique compared to any other comics that I've ever read. Uh, I'm an idiot when it comes to comics. Why does it look that way? Why does it look so different from pen and ink comics that I'm used to reading? Yeah, it's it's because it's not pen and ink. It's it's I actually paint in gouache and um, it, in designer's gouache. You mentioned it was um, different no, looking. Gouache is good old raisins and peanuts, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly. <laughs> I don't know. People always ask what gouache is, and I have no idea. It's, it's a paint I use. I mean, <laughs> they had it at the art store. Yeah, they had it at the art store. It blends well. It reactivates when it when it gets wet. And like like. No, I'm not going to make that joke. Um, <laughs> so say we all. We wouldn't ever do any of that, that type of material. No, let's keep it highbrow like it usually is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's, it's, it's a very versatile paint to use and it dries quickly. So it's good for, for uh, advertising. And I, um, I w- I've always been a painter, um, mostly out of necessity, because when I was in high school, everybody else was drawing. I started painting because I was making money painting like Iron Maiden stuff on the back of jean jackets or <laughs> you know, Black Sabbath jackets and stuff. I'm aging myself. But uh, 
but I mean, uh, so I, that's kind of where it, where where it all started. You're 24, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Everything comes back around. Yeah, I could be. I could be 24. I've I was always wondering what like what what would that look like if if I was doing a comic that way, and is it possible? And um, and uh, yeah, I kind of proved it was. Well, except Alex Ross proved it before me, but that's that's another comic artist that started painting that same style uh, about ten years before me. Man, well, it it kind of looks like to me like I mean, there's there's frames in here where I like I feel like I know the shot that you looked at as reference. In, oh, that's probably true. I, I freeze frame like um, about like six hundred pictures of Picard's expressions or, or right. Patrick Stewart's expressions and then like post them all like wallpaper my studio with it and then, so I have everything in front of me and a lot of times in like fact, a serial time, killer would don't like, let yeah, Patrick yeah. Stewart ever find out about this <laughs> that would be awkward if he stopped by <laughs> oh don't yeah, you don't want to go in there <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely reference heavy. You can't do likenesses without reference, not photorealistically. So, um, you know. Were you also ever, or or are you currently, an a wrestling enthusiast? Because I definitely see like Captain Lou Albano in <laughs> Mirror Universe Riker. Uh, were there other <laughs> were there other uh, inspirations for for the Mirror Universe versions of these characters? Um, I I, I don't know that that wrestling. That's the case. I think I dropped out of my interest. Dropped it. 13 where you know most of us did yeah. uh, <laughs> you're not wrong okay <laughs> very healthy but i mean if, if you look at the fight scene between uh in issue two between Riker and uh and picard there is a suplex in there yeah yeah, yeah there absolutely <laughs> there, is there is a chair being thrown um <laughs> but uh mostly that that fight was actually modeled after uh what's it called they live the hey, hey, cool. you know, speaking of wrestling, yeah, that that, cool. that uh, alleyway scene that just went on forever and ever, and seemed like it was going to end like twenty times. Yeah, we kind of went for that. That's awesome. So there is kind of a wrestling thing in there, I guess. But uh, actually, I was going for um, more of a Viking thing with uh, uh, with Riker, with his braided beard and his you know yeah. scar on the side of his face. I know a guy with a lazy eye and a forked braided beard like that, and I was like. Uh, ring a bell? Uh, no? <laughs> no, no? We'll beep that out. We'll beep that out. <laughs> I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> I mean, this this kind of came out like very similar timing to the new series, right? Yeah, actually, it kind of did. Um, I think that's coincidental. I imagine it's kind of like parallel thinking in a way. Possibly. I never know what CBS is thinking. I'm not, uh, that's above my pay grade, but. Right. uh, So so presumably you brought the project to them and they were either like, this is awesome timing or. So, yeah, uh, I was actually approached by CBS to do the Mirror Universe style guide. Uh, and the fact that they were planning on doing a product style guide meant they wanted products coming out about the Mirror Universe, presumably right. because they knew there was going to be a, a big Mirror Universe reveal in Discovery. But this was all started two years before that happened. So I have no way of oh, knowing. I, I'm assuming it was all. I mean, they're, they, they, they know what they're doing, I think. It seems interesting. I mean, like there, there's so much of that going on with all these franchises these days, like somebody at the very top like with a 30,000 yard view of everything and and, and, and a studio wallpaper like. to pictures of Patrick Stewart <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh so you're saying it's you yeah, I'm not saying that. you're the guy behind the guy behind the guy <laughs> you gotta edit that out <laughs> no I'm supposed to know I've made a huge mistake we met for the first time and hung out with you a bunch at Star Trek Las Vegas and 
this was for me and Ben really our first experience at it was a glimpse at what con life is but in talking to you for a while uh, you are up to your chest in con life you go to these quite a bit and I'm wondering how Star Trek Las Vegas compares to the other conventions that you go to and maybe if you could give us a glimpse into what it's like to to go from con to con and and meet people who <laughs> appreciate your work and and see and experience all there is to to do with these things well it all starts with an eight ball of blow <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm going to get as much mileage out of that joke as I can. Uh, usually, I try to keep it down to one con a month, yeah. um, and it's just basically what I get invited out to. I'm not too particular. But normally, I go to um, Comic-Cons, and that's yeah. a very different thing because it's almost all floor with panels being almost an afterthought, you know, whereas uh, this Creation Con is all about the panels and there's just a tiny floor with like some retailers but it's it's not like um at a comic convention where it's just kind of filled with an artist mm-hmm. alley and things like that so it, I, I feel like the star trek cons especially the creation ones are a lot more i don't know more of an event yeah. interactive you know more more like a concert less like a library <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or yeah. a mall uh, um so i i enjoy them a lot more because i, I got more to do and uh it, you know it's they actually have the thing in a casino, right? Yeah, you know, which which also helps. Because you know, <laughs> you know, some of these cons, they don't have beer. Do you like the paneling aspect of it for yourself, or is that something you'd rather that that you're less comfortable with? Being on panels is is fine. Uh, I like to do that sparsely because being on the floor is where you make the money, where you yeah. sell sell stuff and actually get one on one meeting with people. But um, panels are great in that it kind of advertises that and then people come and see you and you can interact with them later. Right. Also, I think uh, what I enjoy more is seeing panels depending on who's on them yeah. because that's that's usually where you get the reveals, stuff that you hear before everybody else. I mean, it's a little different now with the internet um, because, you know, I can stay home and find out literally 30 seconds after the big announcement. So right. you, it's not like you have to wait anymore, but... It is. There is something to be said for being there live. You know, like like this year, finding out about you know Patrick Stewart coming back. It was just kind of nice to be there with only those other nine thousand people. You <laughs> right. know, it's very intimate space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, just, um, but like that's a room that is like so hot for that moment. Like the emotions must run so high when an announcement like that gets made. The energy with being there is kind of like being at a concert. Yeah, yeah. It, rather than like you can listen to a live album, and, and that's the internet hearing the news on the internet, or you can go to a con- actually go to the concert, and that's the difference from being there, even right. though you get the information. But. Yeah, I mean, uh, you you were kind of getting little notices on your phone when we had breakfast the morning that that happened uh, with Peace Do that like something was up and like there there might be something happening later in the day and yeah. Adam and I were like okay cool well have fun buddy we're out of here <laughs> oh to be uh, on the inner circle yeah uh, yeah I got the inside track yeah <laughs> yeah but I, they weren't even telling me they were just they were just uh, implying that uh, I wanted to be there at one fifteen and that um, Kurtzman was going to make a, a surprise appearance right and Kurtzman it, everybody's oh, favorite producer yeah and that's what everybody's all amped up about right yeah uh yeah so i didn't even get the full story i, j- I was just told to be there and then when i got there i was like yeah okay i know where this is going once they uh <laughs> once they brought him out yeah his arms aren't as big as i imagined <laughs> <laughs> do you think that will change or the mirror universe version of him has got to have different st- things happening to his body like epigenetically the yeah. mirror universe probably brings out your <laughs> delts and your lats and whatnot yeah it has to 
do you see announcements like these as job opportunities or or are you just excited about them as a fan primarily I see everything as a job opportunity. Yeah. I mean, when you're a freelance illustrator, yeah. you're pretty much, um, you know, it's feast or famine. So when, whenever you hear any news, it's like, how can I use this? How right. can I get right. work? But I'm also a fan. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's both. To answer you succinctly, it's both. In a TV or, or movie world, uh, a lot of people will do specs in order to make themselves known to creators. Like, is that something that happens in comics? If you see news about a, a Patrick Stewart future tense Star Trek series, do you get to work on what that might look like so you can kind of stake a claim to it? There's always there's always pitches. Um, like a full spec script is, is, you know, you don't necessarily want to do that in comics because the editor always gets involved and the properties always get involved. And, and it's like, why waste your time? But right. but just a general write-up of what you plan to do and, and how's this sound? And they know you're just doing it to invent work for yourself. But, <laughs> um, you know, but uh, if it's a good idea, it's a good idea. And that's, that's kind of like what I did with Mirror Universe. Uh, you know, it started as a style guide and I brought it in just for that reason and that's that's kind of how it works in comics just pitches and editors love it so please write them they're not busy at all they want to hear your stupid ideas yeah it sounds like you're extremely busy when you're in production i mean what are your deadlines like when you work on these projects like the uh the through the mirror came out week to week i have no idea how that even happens that happened because there were five different artists. Yeah. Uh, I was just doing a, a backup story, which was four pages an issue, which turned out to be a full issue. So there was six issues worth of work there done by six different people. Yeah. And we all did it in one month, and then it came out weekly. You know, so it all it was all done before the first issue came out. That's the only way that works, because wow. it would be chaos trying to do something <laughs> weekly. Uh, when I'm working on something, as far as like a fully painted book, I usually work about 120 hours a week. Wow. So while I'm working on, that's why I only do miniseries, because you don't want to do that all year round. <laughs> Just eight months out of the year, that's all. So, <laughs> so what's it like being single? <laughs> I don't know, ask my wife. <laughs> uh, man, you're keeping like... You're keeping like white shoe attorney hours yeah. With, yeah. The, with that. Well, it's much better since I moved from New York. I used to have a separate studio and it sucked when I had a separate studio because like why walk home yeah. when or why take the train home when you're just going to get four hours sleep and come right back again? Yeah. yeah and that's you a know? big nut to cover too. Yeah. Like two rents in New York is. Yeah. Too. Yeah. That was nuts. But uh, yeah, now I now I just have the studio right at home, you know, so I. I yeah. That is one of the nice things about moving to California. Is it's it, yeah, slightly yeah. less expensive than New York. Yeah, they really they really sell it as being so much cheaper, and it is not. It's not that much. It is cheaper. It's it's workable, but it's not. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, it smell it doesn't smell as bad in the summer. There's that less expensive rent. Oh no, <laughs> we've got to get out of here. <laughs> A little bit of material from Greatest Gen Con. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Come see us out on the road. Did you make it to our Vegas show, or were you? I never did. Um, too no. bad. Too bad. Well, thanks to J.K. Woodward for being on the show today. Uh, <laughs> yeah, th- thanks for uh, driving in an hour to get here. Anyways, J.K., uh, it's been great seeing you. Wait, you guys didn't you guys know this? I mean, I, I saw you the next day for breakfast, and yeah, I told you I got like you, stuck at a dinner. You no. were drunk. I was kind of drafting on how drunk you were. <laughs> I may or may not being have eaten drunk won't ever stop me from doing anything. I, <laughs> just no look one, at my arrest record. No one regrets French toast for the table, though. That's a that's a power move at every breakfast. I think yeah. I think back fondly on that French toast. Yeah. Nice grilled bananas on there. It was good. It looked good. Don't even think about sticking a raw banana on my French toast. <laughs> I would say that the one thing 
I I can actually get to regretting that French toast because it was the one thing standing in between me and ordering a, a Bloody Mary yeah, at that yeah. breakfast. I was like, I want a Bloody Mary, but I also don't want to take a sip of a tomato thing and then a big old bite of a banana thing. You know, that's just a weird. I don't fuck. know. I don't know. It might be all right. It's depending on how much vodka they put in it. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, the I Bloody mean, Marys were really good there. Yeah. You missed out. The day before that, we we went into the con and we saw a TNG panel with uh, Gates McFadden, Michael Dorn, and uh, Denise Crosby. And uh, I don't know, it was it was a fairly dry panel. And uh, the uh, the folks we were with who knew how to con were like, "This is not." Like, don't think that this is the amount of fun you normally have. It took you, you to the worst panel more. ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, no shade on the uh, on the actors that were up there. I think that it it was more a moderator problem. Well, what was the what was the? Because I, I I saw um, on the the Star Trek cruise. Yeah, I saw Denise and and uh, Michael Dorn together, and they actually have a good chemistry, and they're pretty funny. So I, I was surprised to hear that it wasn't a, a good panel. Yeah, I mean, it was just uh, it was a lot of audition stories, and it was like. I don't know. I don't know what this adds to my understanding of this <laughs> of this television show. Um, Did you see any of the Discovery panels? Because those were pretty good. No, you know, we totally missed out on Discovery. Aside from the Mirror Universe costume display, which was awesome, yeah. like one of my favorite things we saw. Yeah. I had seen that uh, just a couple weeks before in San Diego. They had uh, they rent out a um, a gallery on Fifth and J. Yeah. Um, and uh, do a show like I, I guess every year now for the past three years, and they had had that dis- displayed there. And it, was- it makes me wonder, like as a as an artist, like if you got to work on a disco comic, like what do you get access to in terms of like materials? For okay, print? well, I actually uh, before the show came on. It's funny you should say that. I, I had to sign an NDA and I got the original script like about a year before it came on Whoa. just from doing covers for the first miniseries, the uh, Takuvma one, what was it called? The Light of Kalis. Yeah. Um, I, I did some covers for that. So I got to see the sets. I got to see preliminary designs of the Klingons. So I was prepared that they might be a little different. Wow. <laughs> Um, and I couldn't say a thing about it. And I, I do, wow. my, I do my own podcast with a friend about discovery, like a year before it came out, just speculating what it was going to be about. And don't, don't, uh, don't fail to plug the show. What's it called? It's called Go Trek Yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and there's three of us now. Do you have a dog? Kind of just do, we do not have a dog. We have a cat. Uh-huh. So because we, you know, we. Just, I think what Adam is leading up to is, do you need a fourth? <laughs> he's, he's looking to cut some dead uh-huh. weight. <laughs> wow. So on on your own show you had to pretend like you didn't know the answers to the questions you were asking exactly it's a weekly show and until the show actually comes out and we actually review it we were spending that year speculating except i had to pretend speculate (laughs) wow yeah i don't know did your did your co-hosts know that you knew oh yeah yeah and i would say it on the show it's like i actually know but if i didn't i might speculate (laughs) you know and it was just it was it was really i'm sure that'll hold up in court and we just actually got a new uh, a new person on the show uh holly amos who used to work at cbs we she has like that head for details like the names sure. of shows the episode numbers, all the stuff we 
can't do to save oh, our wow. life. Oh wow, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> I'm not good at that. I, we, every time, every time I meet somebody that's got that skill, I'm, I don't get it. Yeah. I'm blown away. Oh I yeah, that was a uh, season four, episode twenty two. I can't remember my address half the time. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we just we finally got her on the show because they uh, she used to work at CBS, and it's the only reason we never had her on the show because yeah. there's a conflict of interest, right? And she just got laid off, so we're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, but listen, now she gets to be on her you. show now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, now she's in the lucrative world well, actually, of podcasting. <laughs> she, she actually bounced back pretty quick. She's working for a licensee. Um, God, she's gonna kill me because I don't remember the name of it. It's a new digital car game for Star Trek. Star Trek Adversaries, I think it's called. Oh. Yeah, so she works for them now. Like like within two weeks of... of they had a big presence at Star Trek Las Vegas, as I recall. They did. And, and they actually did like live tournaments on stage at the CBS All Access stage. And, yeah, Whoa. She was really busy. Do you play that right. game yourself? I do not. I Did you not hear the part where I say I work 120 hours a week? <laughs> as soon as I asked the question, I was like, I don't have time for video games. How in the world does JK have time? <laughs> I barely have time to do that eight ball. What do you? Uh, <laughs> that's a performance enhancing drug in your life. You gotta, you gotta like put a little counter every time I make that joke. <laughs> it's. I think it's gonna be one of those jokes where it kind of like we beat it into the ground, but and then it stops being funny, but then it comes back. It's like a dead air joke from Family Guy. Yeah. <laughs> if um, if Norm Macdonald has taught us anything about comedy, it's that repetition <laughs> is crucial. Well, that's great. I mean, like uh, this whole like world of licensing and stuff is so. It's so mysterious. I'm like curious about it, but I also suspect that mostly it's just incredibly dry. But like, so the comics are published by IDW and they presumably license it, but then CBS has some provision where they get to yeah. control like how the marks get used and stuff. It usually starts with a pitch or or the editors, after talking to CBS and knowing what they're planning on doing, yeah. will come up so if it's tied in with the show. Because the Discovery stuff is very, very much tied in the show. In fact, we have right. Kirsten Beer working with Mike Johnson on it and she's uh, and one she's of the show the writers room. Yeah, yeah yeah so it's it's very much tied in uh, but a lot of times basically we just come up with ideas and present it to CBS and they're sort of just gatekeepers they're like yes or no and or they'll say well this is great but look we have something planned later kind on in the season or, a, yeah, yeah we, we'll do this later come up with something else for now you know but really um, the creative process is all done at IDW yeah, most of the time. And then, like, when you're not working on Trek stuff, or is it all Trek for you right now? Um, no, I'm. I'm actually. Um, let me see, I got a, a tiptoe around this stuff. I hate it when I hear podcasts and like I can't talk about it. Yeah. I'm I, <laughs> like your podcast. I mean, what are you yeah. saying? <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to Go Track Yourself. It's so fucking lame. Um, no, I'm, I'm working on something for, uh, I don't know if you know the name, but Jim Kruger, who worked with Alex Ross a lot, the aforementioned artist, did a I, lot of I'm, DC stuff. I'm a total so. dummy in terms of comics, so. <laughs> Pro- probably most of the audience is, but <laughs> um, I'm, if, if you were into comics, you'd be like dying over this. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> no, <I> just, <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Whoa. So I'm, I'm working on something for, it's kind of a big name, so I'm kind of excited about that, but it's only a small project, and I'm keeping myself available for something even bigger that's coming up with Star Trek that I'm really excited about. Wow. I could actually talk about that a little. Lay, lay it on us. This is, we, we, we are, love talking about Star we, Trek stuff. <laughs> oh, I, I met with uh, Mike Johnson, and I've never worked with him before, and we every time we meet, it's like a tradition for the last five years. Oh, we got to work together sometime. That would be great to work together. And we, sure. Never do. That's the uh, the classic yeah. Southern California conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but we actually uh, we actually might have gotten something through, and we may have 
accidentally let it slip out in a panel that we'll be working together. So now this, the pressure's on. Um, yeah. And we brought it directly to, um, you know, while we were talking, John Van Sitters from CBS walked by and we're like, hey, hey, listen to this idea, listen to this idea. So we kind of like planted <laughs> the earworm in everybody. And uh, I will be breaking into Discovery finally uh, outside of covers. Nice. I've been doing mostly uh, Next Generation. Yeah, I've been tr- dying to do something with um, with these characters. Yeah. So that looks like if it happens, uh, which it looks like it will, it's something I'll be starting in about a month. Everyone has a pretty strong take on Discovery season one. What's yours? Uh, I, I loved it. You know, if you want more, you have to go listen to Go Trek Yourself. Oh, you can find that on go. iTunes. And <laughs> nice plug. I've created a monster. <laughs> I, 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 I insisted that you plug your show because I am always really bad about plugging my show. Like I'm when ho- I go yeah. on other, other podcasts. Well, I wasn't sure to, whether I should even bring it up. I'm, I'm on a you Star should. Trek podcast talking. Yeah, well, geez. I don't want to siphon away your whole audience with my little shitty show. Uh, <laughs> It's uh, it's not a zero sum game, J.K. That's one thing we found out. One one lesson we learned the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> Other Star Trek podcasts exist, and that does not harm us in any way. Is that's the new party line for the greatest gen family of products? It's true. When we came on the scene, uh, other shows were very threatened by us <laughs> yeah. and made it very known. <laughs> now they can't do a thing about it. Wait, were there Star Trek podcasts before you came on the scene? That's what I'm saying exactly. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were, but there, there weren't really. Well, so, JK, one thing that we have worked on a lot uh, in the course of uh, making The Greatest Generation and The Greatest Discovery is trying to run kind of a whisper campaign for us becoming either members of the writer's room, which was a, a project that we tried for season one of Disco. <laughs> now, I think our, our main goal is to get Is that what you call it? A whisper? Uh, whisper? Were you whispering, really? Yeah, a, a weak and I shitty campaign. pretty loud. Uh, we deserve to yeah. be made fun of for that. <laughs> now now we want to get in uh, cast as extras that are walking down a hallway and then get blown out into space. Blown out of, yeah. And uh, <laughs> this is something that I feel like would be just as satisfying if we made it into the pages of a comic. And well, see, there are you, some you, references you, 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 to you, Greatest Gen that are subtly peppered into some of your work already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and specifically, there's a uh, there's a scene in in 120 Mir- hours a week leaves a lot of time for podcasts. So. <laughs> <laughs> specifically, there's a scene in Mirror Broken that prominently features one Jim Shimoda, and uh, and I was delighted to hear that you put you put him in there as a tribute to Grace Shen. Well, I, I'm not sure. Um I'm not sure about Scott because we never talked about it, but I know uh, Dave Tipton and I are both fans. So, yeah, so (laughs) we were thrilled to have Assassin Shimoda in there. That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, Now, as as far as being blown out of an airlock. Yeah. Or, or, you know, like walking down a hallway and the ship takes damage and and we go through the hull, you know. Or sitting on a toilet while the ship is (laughs) under attack and then uh, you're you're ripped out of a bathroom stall. You know, the iconic thing where the Borgs take a core sample out of the... (laughs) Out of, the, out of the D, like, we never got a close-up on that, but if, yeah. if if we could have, Adam and I want to be in there. So we're just putting it out there. And, on the toilet. Know, obviously no Reading pressure. the space paper. Right, yeah. A, a, a broadsheet pad, which, <laughs> which folds. Uh, uh, but uh, if you have an opportunity in any of your upcoming comic work, Disco being the priority, but any TNG or DS9 thing also being acceptable, 
feel free to use our likenesses you know, and you blow kinda, us out into space. You kind of took my big surprise announcement away from me because I was about to tell you that I was going to make that dream come true. Oh my Whoa, god! I, yeah. I am going to definitely now. If I can, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to Mike about seeing if we can have a scene where people get blown out of an airlock or something because <laughs> I, I want this to be done right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you guys just sitting on a toilet or something, I can make that happen too. So what do you need from us? Photos, video. Oh yeah, no, no. Uh, I'll uh, just take a bunch of different photos. Are you going to um, paint us like one of your French girls? <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you need this to uh, sit for you, JK? <laughs> if you don't mind. Uh, I would like to keep my top on, if that's possible. I haven't yeah. done that since college. <laughs> uh, that's exactly all I need from you. And, Great. Uh, Great. I, and I, I have a feeling I'll be saying, I don't know why you're naked. I just need your face. <laughs> but, <laughs> I said face not dick <laughs> yeah we'll definitely do that and I'll, uh, I'll even give you the page afterwards amazing you guys awesome. uh, you heard it here first there will be a comic book in which yeah. Ben and Adam get killed I can't help you with the show but I you heard it here first Adam yeah. and Ben on the cover of a comic book about Star Trek it's amazing Wait, what? what's happening <laughs> what? feel like I'm losing control get back into that eight ball of cocaine JK we'll take it from here <laughs> ah, yeah, cover, cover, sure. <laughs> I spent a lot of last week sick in bed. And one thing I was so happy I had when I needed something to eat but didn't really have the energy to cook myself something was Factor Meals. Got a couple of these in the fridge at all times, and they are delicious, fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted meals and they're ready to go in just about two minutes. And this is convenience food that is actually tasty and full of real ingredients and not hyper-processed crap. And they got you covered all throughout the day. They got pancakes, smoothies, grab-and-go bites, and uh, you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause and reschedule deliveries at any time. So head to factormeals.com trek50 and use code trek50 to get 50% off. That's code TREK50 at factormeals.com slash TREK50 to get 50% off. What do you think of when you think of male grooming? Maybe it's a sharp haircut and a little bit of product, or a bit of the old beard wax twisted into the ends of a mustache. Maybe it's a shower, a shave, a little spritz of fragrance. Me? I think of shaving my nuts. And not just my nuts, all around those nuts. I'm talking all around those nuts. And this form of male grooming is hard to do when your junk looks like a log of Play-Doh rolled through a dustpan in a barber shop. It's wrinkly, it's wriggly, nothing stays in place, and it's the one area where you don't want to have an accident. That's why I'm glad we're sponsored by the spring cleaning champions at Manscaped. They sent me their brand new lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. It's their fifth generation trimmer featuring two interchangeable next-gen skin-safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little bit off the top, and a new foil blade to go smooth, wherever your heart desires. They also sent me an extra-large Manscaped t-shirt, which I will never wear, but it was nice of them to do. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TREK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TREK at manscaped.com. Nothing like a little spring cleaning in your pants. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. 
It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. JK, uh, where uh, where do people find the work if they want to if they want to get these comics? What's the best way to to access it at this point? Well, local comic book shops, um, your mom and pop comic book shop. Yeah, uh, any anywhere you can uh, buy graphic novels, even Amazon, you can get it. Um, but if you want to get it right from the source, I would go to idwpublishing.com. Um, they have all the back issues. So if you want to check out some of my other work, like City on the Edge of Forever or um, the Star Trek Doctor Who crossover. I'm sure we have Whovian listeners. <laughs> Probably. I, I don't know how to talk to them about that stuff, but I'm sure that they're there. <laughs> hey, Just bud. Don't... Into Doctor Who, are you? Cool. <laughs> when are you guys going to do that one? <laughs> never. You need one we're more podcast. Going, you need one more. <laughs> what do you only got three, right? Or yeah, we we merely have three podcasts. Yeah. Jeez. What do you do with all your free time? Uh, edit podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, I can't listen to podcasts while I edit podcasts, which is very problematic for me. It's all I want to do. I yeah. love podcasts. Yeah, it's hard to listen to podcasts while recording a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking about the flap house and. Jordan Jesse go right now, you know. I'm barely even here with you guys. And how do people get your show, your uh, your Star Trek podcast? Uh, we're on the Taylor Network of podcasts. Uh, you can get us on iTunes, anywhere you can get podcasts. We're we're every all the normal places. <laughs> Apple Podcasts, yeah. Google Podcasts, or you can just go directly to TaylorNetworkofPodcast.com. Okay. Um, I have a blog where I sometimes show uh, some of my work in in if you like process stuff if you're a process junkie I do a lot of that stuff love it so go to uh, it's a blog spot jkwoodwardart.blogspot.com you uh, you share a bunch of process like time lapse stuff on your Instagram and stuff too where can people see that uh, jk underscore woodward it's the same with Twitter great so. great right yeah. on. Well, J.K. Woodward, thank you so much for spending the time uh, coming on The Greatest Discovery. Well, thanks for having me. I, I'm kind of stoked. I'm kind of stoked <laughs> to be here. <laughs> it was great to meet you at the convention. Yeah, it, cer- it certainly was. Was it? Uh, I'm, I'm sure that Rob will edit most of the stuff, most of the noises my dog made out of the episode and make us all sound like we had a coherent and cogent conversation. You got some great B-roll stuff It might stuff be 20 there. minutes, but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we'll leave it with Rob from here. Yeah, good luck. (laughs) 
The Greatest Discovery is a Maximum Fun podcast hosted by Adam Pranica and Ben Harrison, and it's produced and edited by me, Rob Schulte. Our music is by Adam Ragusia. So head on over to MaximumFun.org to support the ongoing production of our show, or you can leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can find Ben on Twitter at BenjaminAHR, Adam is at CutForTime, and I'm at Rob K. Schulte. We'll see you next time. Our post-credit sequence of this episode is going to be 20 minutes of that. It's like every time I go to speak, he's like... He sees you opening your mouth and... (laughs) Maximumfun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.